blah, blah. You know, like I would make it my mission to try to uplift their their mood. You know what I mean? At least as they're moving through this airport, maybe they'll remember one person who, you know, tried to make a positive effort on their experience here. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the PRA Podcast. I'm your host as always, Sam. And if you're new to this podcast, I started this because I believe in growth through progression and what it can provide for the fulfillment of life. I believe in growing together and achieving our own versions of success. So I provide insight via videos, life lessons, messages, interviews, perspectives, and methods to help transform conformity to visionary. So I'm using these platforms to tell people's stories and figure out just how the progression of improvement assisted in that fulfillment. So thank you guys for listening. As always, you know, don't forget to favorite the podcast and uh, don't forget to follow me on any social media at smartinezIV. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Good vibes and God bless. My guest, Alex, is an amazing human being, and he's also an entrepreneur that's created a few, a few businesses, but it wasn't really always like that. He just had your regular, typical you know, job, and he just knew that there was more to life than what he was already doing. And so we dive into you know, his childhood, how he got to where he is now, how he started the businesses that he did start, and I'm just really excited to present this to you guys. He's all about leadership, accountability. Uh, this what he calls strategy mindset, which I absolutely love, and about the customer's journey, about the the ability to create value for the customer every step of the way, and so we go into you know his proven stats on that as um, as well, and so I'm just very excited to give this to you guys. Um, if you guys are not already following him, please follow him at I am Alex Eick. That's I am A L E X E I C K. Um, and if you guys did get value from this, please share it and please don't forget to rate and review the podcast. Um, but yeah, I'll let you guys, I'll dive right into the episode now. Good vibes guys. And thank you guys for listening. All right, man. So we're all set now. So what's going on, brother? How are you? How's your day going? Going hectic. You know how it is, right? (laughs) Yes. Yes. To say the least, man, it's like you can only control so much and then the rest is kind of all just up to uh fate you know <laughs> that's right beyond our control yeah exactly did you uh did you do an ice bath this morning i didn't i actually it's funny you say that i uh <laughs> I just made a, a post about that i was like listen i i didn't i totally messed up my morning routine this morning but it's all good because i'm gonna do it as soon as i'm done with what i'm doing right now and realign and get back on it yeah yeah, no, I, I, the reason why I asked is just because I had been seeing the, I had been seeing the consistency with it a little bit more um, as far as like your stories go. So I just wanted to kind of be like, hey, well, did you did you get yours in today? You know, <laughs> it's crazy the way, the, the one time somebody asks and you're like, ah, you know what, damn it. <laughs> it's all good, brother. I mean, look, it's consistency over time, right? Yep, exactly. Exactly. You know, if you're going to miss a day or two here or there, you can't beat yourself up over it. Exactly. And the longer we dwell, the, the less time we have to make the better, the better decision in the present moment, because we're just sitting there hoping we don't make the same mistake while we're presently making the same mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, well, I, I really wanted to have you on, man, because uh, I wanted to know a little bit more about you. And um, the whole premise for the podcast is to get people early on in their journey and to get people who um, I kind of see a lot of potential in. And, and, I, and I know that they're not going to just kind of start something and then give up at 
it's more like I watch people to see who's consistently growing and who keeps pushing out positivity and progression and doing it in their own way. So I want to definitely have you on, get to know more about you. Um, and, and I noticed something on your, on your Instagram specifically, um, that's 10, that tends to be where we focus most of our attention towards now more so. Um, so, I mean, on your Instagram, you know, it says, uh, you believe that happy customers drive the bottom line. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, for sure. First of all, I want to say thank you because, uh, you know, just hearing that uh, means a lot to me. So, you know, you put a lot of stuff out there and you you don't always get feedback. But when you do get feedback, I'm super grateful for it. And it totally like reinforces everything that I'm doing. Um, so I just wanted to start with that. But um, yeah, um, happy customers drive the bottom line. That is, uh, that's been my motif um, even before I was running my own businesses, you know, I started, I started my, I guess, customer service experience working, uh, in Phoenix, actually at Sky Harbor airport. Okay. You ever been there? I have not. No. So it's a pretty big airport, but, um, yeah, what, what I got out of that was, um, you know, in an airport setting, everybody is kind of in this mindset of, I got to get to the gate. You know, they're not present at all. They're yeah. rushing around, yeah. you know, you're, you're being hoarded around like, like cattle, you know, and it's a very dehumanizing experience. Um, and I worked in one of those, uh, you know, like, uh, checkout spots where, you know, you get, you can pick, pick up a quick gift or like a magazine, um, kiosk center. Okay. okay. So when I was working there, you know, as an ambitious young Alex, you know, I wanted to move up and demonstrate uh, leadership to my leadership. So, you know, I, I thought, well, what is, what's the best way I can do that? And I guess that would be to have customers uh, give positive feedback about me. So that was my, you know, catalyst to start experimenting with, you know, bringing joy to people one by one. And as I did that, you know, I started noticing, well, people are buying more from me than they're buying from other people. Like, why is that? Turns out it's that additional effort that I was putting in that positive attitude that I was putting in that was bringing them more value than just, you know, some guy at a kiosk, blah, blah, blah. You know, like I would make it my mission to try to uplift their, their mood. You know what I mean? At least as they're moving through this airport, maybe they'll remember one person who, you know, tries to make a positive effort on their experience here. Yeah. So it all started there. Um, and, you know, I left that job and then I ended up other places and eventually I started my own business. And when I started that business, um, it was in a competitive space, which is uh, home improvement and restoration. I'm based in central New Jersey and there's a lot of old historic homes here. Okay. okay. And uh, the market is, is competitive because the, businesses that were already serving that market had been established for years, 50 plus years, 30 plus years. Um, and I was the newcomer. So I had to think of a way to break in. And the first thing that came to mind was, well, we're just going to drive this bottom line by making sure people are happy <laughs> and ended up. That's exactly what drove down the cost of our customer acquisition because we would get more referrals because it was pleasant 
uh, to work with us over other businesses and other service providers. Okay. Okay. Nice, man. No, that's nice. That's awesome. And so was before that, whenever you had first started into all that stuff, whenever you were kind of like, what, what developed the, the character that drove you into even getting to that point? Um, because I know that a lot of people, when it comes, because you preach a lot about leadership and accountability, and I feel like leadership and sales kind of go hand in hand. If you're going to be a good salesman, if you're going to be a good, you know, anything, um, you need to have at least good leadership and good accountability involved with that. And I talk about that a lot as well. But what uh, oh, yeah. what kind of influences did you have prior to you starting your businesses and and, and being kind of at the the kiosk and all that stuff what what kind of drove you to kind of developing that that idea in your mind that I need to stand out a little bit or I need to kind of take that leadership role and be innovative and not kind of because a lot of people just go with the flow man like a lot of people just you know I'm here to do what I'm told and that's it you know what I mean right um so what kind of what what drove that inside you Um, so that, that, that's a great question. And that kind of goes back to my father had a business of his own and, uh, he immigrated from Bulgaria and, um, I watched him build his business, um, as a kid and the leadership and accountability actually beyond my father also came from my grandfather. Um, both of which, uh, had always demonstrated um you know to go above and beyond um neither neither one of my father and my grandfather has been one to just go with the flow you know they take extra steps to be they'll take more responsibility than anybody else to make sure um that they're delivering everything came down to you know delivery and and providing more value than anybody else like my dad told me a story once that once he had a um he had to deliver on a uh, a project which was actually in Manhattan after 1993 when the first uh, bombing happened at World Trade Center. Mm-hmm. So he got this contract, which was like a huge contract for him at the time, and he wanted to make sure that every T and every I was dotted and crossed, right? So what he ended up doing was he... He built out a bunch of, he was in millwork, so he built out a bunch of um, cabinets and, you know, uh, basically fine finished carpentry stuff to go install at the lobby at World Trade Center. And he wanted to make sure that it was going to happen no matter what. So he rented two trucks just in case one truck broke down so that if that did happen, they could make, you know... (laughs) take the cabinets from one truck and put it to the other truck and not show up with any excuses, you know, and just get the job done. Wow. So, you know, stories like that, um, you know, watching, you know, listen, he was running a business a lot. So, you know, like he wasn't um, at home during the day, you know, I was with my mother, but, you know, coming home, the time that I did spend with him when he was at home, you know, like that, that continued to go, you know what I mean? Like he had routines, he had, you know, specific ways that he did things. And, and when you would ask, like, why are you doing this this way, dad? He would explain it to me and it would make sense. You know, it made a lot of sense to me. And I think most little boys look up to their dad, you know, and uh, I, I don't know, I look up to him a lot. And uh, 
he definitely instilled that accountability and leadership component into me. Now, I'm not saying the guy was perfect, right? Like there was a lot of things that he did that I said, well, I think we can improve on that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, that's what the the second part of it comes in, you know, the emotional work that you need to do to lead, you know? Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. And I actually, uh, I, I had seen that on your, on your profile and stuff as well. And with everything that you put out too, I noticed that also uh, just the, the fact that, and it's something that is, I think being more uh, kind of touched on now, but it used to never be because I feel like a lot of like, a lot of the stereotypical, oh, you know, we got to be in charge. So we got to hide our feelings deep down. We got to, you know, yeah. stuff on a bunch of stuff. We got to blah, 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 you know, because we've got to drive sales. We got to do this. We got to do that. We got to revenue profits all day long. And it's like, well, 100%. that's all, that's all, that's all important. But I mean, if you're not taking care of yourself and, and your own intentional, you know, morality behind what the hell you're doing you know, the whole company is going to get thwarted just because of the fact that you're not there mentally. And um, that, that's, that's really exactly. what, that's really what I love about your work and kind of like what you're doing. Um, and I, I love the fact that, you know, your father and your grandfather kind of just instilled a lot of that discipline early on and kind of was, was willing to explain things to you. I think a lot of the, the parents nowadays get so frustrated with their kids. They're not willing to take the patience and like the time to explain yeah. things to their kid it's kind of like no put that down or or no don't do this or no don't do that and it it honestly is crazy because it kind of seems like it stems from like their own not wanting to be judged from an outside standpoint oh absolutely but, but yeah man it's just it's crazy sometimes, sometimes it's multi-generational you know what i mean like people yeah. can carry pains from from their parents or from their grandparents that got passed on to them that you know they never did the work to you know, deal with those traumas or pains and it gets passed on to the kids and the kids aren't even aware of it. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and it's crazy because they, it's like they don't become aware of it until they either see kind of maybe how far down they go the, down the rabbit hole a little bit um, and how far they have to climb themselves out of the, their own hole or like, cause, cause you come to a lot of realizations as you get older. And when you start to kind of like diff, like dive yourself away from the original influence that you were kind of accustomed to and you start to develop your own little system, it can be very overwhelming too, especially when you're trying to navigate in today's society in like 2019. It's, it's crazy, like coming into brand yep. new stuff with all the new apps that you have to do this and be yourself this way and that way. And it's, it's insane, man. It's really insane. Um, and well, so- Well, just to kind of like go back to- what I was uh, explaining, you know, with watching my father, right? And this is where the awareness of the emotional component of leadership came into play. He was so hard set on delivery, right? Mm-hmm. That he wouldn't take the time to, you know, hear out his employees. Um, he wouldn't take the time to listen to what else was going on in their life. Um, he wouldn't make that space. It was, it was more of a you know, we're going to get this done no matter what um, mentality. And, you know, that's great. And it, it worked for, for so long, you know, but I also saw it take a toll on him and everybody else, you know. And I always wondered to myself how much more he could have done, you know, if at that time, you know, like we're, we're so fortunate today that, you know, these things aren't taboo to talk about and like more people are able to, uh, speak about them and do the work that's necessary, you know, 
um, how, where it could have gone, like what, what it could have been, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's crazy. And it's, it's crazy to see the amount of, um, the, I guess, you know, you could say like there has been a lot of progress with, with a lot of people, but it's still kind of one of those things where, you know, it needs to be discussed more. Like it needs to be, uh, there needs to be a more awareness of it to be fit for like, to be fit for service within yourself. Um, right, right. that way, that way, you know, because, you know, with, with a lot of these business leaders and a lot of these people kind of, you, you can, you can become a very substantial person very quickly. Um, you know, especially today. <laughs> and so if that happens, yep. you know what I mean? That can also deplete very quickly as well. If you're not ready. Um, you know, it's like, you it's like having crystal clear on your why. Exactly. You need to know exactly why you're doing it because and if dive, you don't, you're and end up going to pay a cost. And dive deeper into that as well. Like, I think most people just ask, like, they're like, okay, I have one why, that's it. And they don't dive deeper into it either. Like, they don't ask, well, why, why is this my why? Like, why am I, why, like, they don't get curious enough, I feel, so that, so that emotional connection between why they want to change and what they're actually doing isn't quite there. You know what I mean? And you can tell the ones that it actually clicks with because those are the ones who are actually taking action, like you and, and, um, yeah. like how I try to do, you know what I mean? It's, like it, it just, you can always tell. Um, and, and so, you know, one thing that I know you're all about too, is a, a strategy mindset. So, so can you talk a little bit about what a strategy mindset is for you? Yeah. So a strategy mindset revolves around a goal, right? And basically understanding that you don't need to necessarily compete against other people, but you're going to ultimately be competing against yourself at the end of the day. It's a very like, uh, like Michael Jordan or like Kobe Bryant, like mentality, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not even looking at my competition, you know, like, because I need to be, I need to understand what's stopping me from the inside, not from the outside, because everything on the inside is going to be mirrored and reflected back to me on the outside, right? Yep. So that's where the strategy and mindset comes into business as well. Um, I experienced this early on in my uh, entrepreneurial career where, you know, a lot of the times I would hire the wrong person or I would um, make the wrong decision. And what I came to realize over time was that these are my own fears of not accomplishing a goal that I'm set out to accomplish, right? And those fears would become blockages and they would take me in the wrong direction. You know, I didn't have the real, I hadn't done the real work at that time to actually be, be clear on what was going on, right? Yeah. So that's kind of the foundation of, of what I mean by strategy uh, and mindset. Now, how do you translate that into, into actual business strategy? You know what I mean? How do you create and collaborate with people so that you're not putting together a plan based on only what you're seeing? Because other people are going to see different things. And working together and creating an environment to collaborate and make a strategy together is a lot of, a lot of how I operate um, and how I do my strategy. Yeah, so it's like <clears throat> I get what you're saying, and I like that. It's almost like creating your own little avenues within yourself, so that you can further kind of put that perspective out in a way that is 
able to resonate with others to where they feel like they can do the same. So it can all cohesively kind of work together. Um, and, and I, I think it's really important. I actually kind of have that same, that same notion within myself. And, and I, I kind of refer to it as like a Rolodex, but I completely agree with what you're saying. Like right. you have your own little roadmap as to, as to what you're, as to who you like, based on who you are as well, because that's kind of why I do what I do is just because I feel like a lot of people aren't aware and who they are enough to get through those fears because they don't know what to attack. They don't know like what is causing them. They don't know, you know, what these blockages are, are, are consisting of. They just see the blockages and they're kind of like, well, you know, I, I don't have enough self-esteem to feel like I can really get through that right now. So I'm going to just continue on this comfortable path and not really focus on mm. that right now. You know what I mean? And then. Exactly. And I'm sure you can, I'm sure you I love can what you said there that what I love what you said there with like what to attack. Right. Cause that resonates with me. Um, you know, uh, one of the books that I read early on was uh, The Art of War, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at The Art of War and I'm saying, well, it, as I'm reading this book, I'm like, hey, it seems like a lot of these strategies are applied to business. Have you ever read it? I have not. No, but I've heard a lot of good things about it. I need to. Okay, yeah, it's a great, great book and uh, definitely put it on your reading list. But, you know, uh, what was interesting thing that I found about it was uh, one of the strategies that uh, Sun Tzu describes is the landscape, right? A lot of times you're viewing, well, you are viewing things through your own lens, right? You're not necessarily seeing it for what it is. And it's important to have multiple people looking at that so that you do know what to attack for real and not, you know, based on your own lens or your own insecurities or fears or judgments right got you that yeah. might not be the most effective way forward you know what i mean like you need to understand the landscape for what it is not what you see it as exactly because there's a lot of different things like the ego that can play illusions that can make you see certain things um you know there's certain distractions out there there's there's certain things i understand what you're saying too it's almost like you you have to be able to you know, view it with such a clear and open mind, but you can't always do that because you're the one that's inside of it. Like, and, and, and to get that feedback from others to really see like, Hey, this is what, this is what I'm seeing. And you can kind of be like, Oh, okay. You know what? I, I maybe didn't see that. I didn't even notice that. It's almost like, like a, like a math problem you just cannot solve. And then someone comes in and is like, well, you didn't carry the four or like, you didn't do this. And it's like, Oh my gosh, like that was such right. a, like mistake but I, I can't believe i didn't see that <laughs> you know what i mean exactly exactly yeah man that's awesome and and um so um you are you from so your your father moved here from bulgaria you said yes so my okay. father moved here from bulgaria and my mother's brazilian but i was born here in the united states in new jersey Okay, awesome. And your your grandfather was he in Bulgaria when he did his whole? Um, I forgot what I forgot what the business was. Um, uh, but was he in Bulgaria when he had the business? So no, my my father was the one with the business, and he oh, okay, okay. Um, built, right, right. So my grandfather, my grandfather was an engineer in Bulgaria, and oh, okay, it was um, that's what it was. My, when my father emigrated here, he built his business 
boot, he bootstrapped the business like from the ground up essentially. Literally. Okay. Wow. No investment, you know, just sweat equity, hard work, you know, long hours, uh, you know, yeah, I guess it's like the, the, the typical immigrant story, you know, yeah. but, uh, well, so, so what was, as it, oh, sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt ahead. you, but, uh, what, what was your kind of, because of that, like, what was your kind of childhood like, like, what were you growing up with? Were you like kind of, you know, um, scraps and just whatever you could eat type, type deal. Um, you know what I mean? Like, like, what was your, did you, did you have like, um, like, were you, were you privileged enough to have a little bit more or did you have, you know, like what, what'd you grow up with? You know what I mean? Essentially. Yeah. 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 So I, 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 I think it's a pretty unique situation the way I grew up. So by the time I was born, my father's business was doing well. Um, we had moved to a new town, a new house, and, you know, all was good. Um, my brother, I have a younger brother. He was born uh, two years later, and, you know, we had a great, you know, however you want to call it, uh, typical American childhood. Around the age of five, my parents split up and they got divorced. Mm. Um, after that, okay. I went and I moved with my mother, right? Okay. And my and father... Um, did your brother, did your brother live with your dad or did your brother and you split up or were you guys together? No, we, we fortunately stayed together. Um, and we both lived with my mother. Um, he's my younger brother. And when that happened, um, my mom didn't work, um, after we were born. Um, so it was a very quick shift from abundance and not abundance right gotcha. um whatever whatever the details of their divorce was uh you know my dad wasn't uh he wasn't continuing to provide for my mother essentially so we went from having to not having and you know later in life i look back at that because there was definitely a lot of uh feelings about that growing up right but later in life i actually look back at that and say well actually that's my right the fact that I wasn't in just one situation the whole time I've, I've experienced abundance and I've experienced scarcity I have you know both sides of the coin to draw from yeah and you so were you were uh there you was were a lot, five right like when that happened you said like whenever you got that yeah, shift. five it was like five six okay and if you don't mind me asking what what age were you whenever you had that shift from like the resentment to like okay, I need to use oh, this as like fuel or whatever. Years later, my friend, um, probably, probably around, uh, 19 years old. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, well, I, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll share. Uh, I, I remember the moment, um, I ended up, I ended up going to college out in Arizona, which is like across the country from New Jersey. And it was right around, uh, it was it was 2008 when the economy took a took a turn right yeah and yeah. i was i was paying for school um myself i was paying my way and i lost that job that i had at, at phoenix sky harbor and i remember calling home right and being like hey guys i need help well my dad wasn't getting any work and my mom didn't have a job at the time so they literally said to me 
we can't help you. <laughs> like, yeah, like we can't do nothing and, for you. Like, oh man. Yeah, exactly. Jeez. And you know, my my dad's like, listen, son, you're 19 now. You know, like you're gonna have to uh, figure this one out. Like, unfortunately, we have things to figure out ourselves right now. I remember like breaking down and, you know, and, and, and crying and being in my car and just like, you know, feeling like I had nobody like completely alone. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I can imagine that, man. Like, like I, can, I can imagine because that's, was, a, that's a, that's a hard time and that's a really like an influential age. Um, especially, especially like even to be 19, it, it's for, for like you to be on your own at that level is, is another whole feat in itself. So I can completely like empathize with that. Awesome. But in that moment, um, after, you know, I let it out, um, I had the realization, I said, you know what, you've been dealing with shit like this your whole life, dude. Like, you know, you've been set up for this exact moment. You know exactly what you need to fucking do. You need to go out there and fucking find <laughs> some money, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like, like, if you think this is hard, like, you know, like, you know, and like, essentially, you know, I looked at it and said, you know, like, maybe that was the reason why, you know, maybe out of my control, out of everybody's control, you know, maybe all those things in the past, you know, happened to me in service to me. You know what I mean? To set me up for harder times in the future, or maybe it was to set me up to lead, or maybe I don't know what it was, but something came over me and was like, "No, you got this, brother. You got this." And that's that's kind of when that reframe happened. You know, when I looked back and and said, "You know, it's all good, man. Like that all happened exactly for this reason. Like you, you got this, dude." Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy the way that like everything happens as it is supposed to, but like you don't realize it until after the fact. Like and and it's really weird the way that like all of these insanely painful moments in our lives become like the purpose in which we start to create our like new foundation on. Like it it's insane mm-hmm. to me because that happened to me also, you know, and and I just remember hitting that wall where you're just like, you know what, no more. Like I, I've been going through this my entire life. I'm gonna <laughs> take control of something um and, exactly. and on and, and dig myself out of this crap because that's ridiculous and that's awesome man I, I and so so once you kind of hit that realization is that it's so is this when did you start the business um your first kind of business was this after that like i'm assuming right yeah uh so that was when i was 19 and then when I was done in Arizona, I ended up back in New Jersey. Um, and economy still wasn't doing that great. And um, when I was a when I was a kid, um, I used to race motocross, right? And oh, nice, dude! That's awesome. My dad, nice, thanks. My dad used to basically use that passion that I had for racing to teach me work ethic. So he had a friend who owned a painting business um, and he asked him if I could work with him during spring breaks and summers, you know, to earn money to buy the parts that I needed for my race bike. Mm. So through that, I learned a skill, which was historical restoration. Right. And when I came back, um, I looked around and I said, well, there's, there's, 
you know, there's restaurant jobs that I can try to get, or, you know, I could try to go to a staffing agency, which I actually, I did. And I didn't have much luck with getting any good payment. I think I was getting like eight fifty for this one job a staffing agency gave me. Yeah. And I said, this isn't cutting it. This isn't cutting it. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not getting paid eight fifty an hour. Like it's not going to happen. So I said, well, what can I do? Um, well, I know how to paint houses. I know how to, you know, specifically restore old houses. So maybe I should start a business. All right. And that's what I did. So, you know, I went out, incorporated, um, printed out some flyers, started stuffing them in people's mailboxes, which turned out was illegal. And I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, after stuffing about a thousand mailboxes, I got a, a phone call. And a gentleman was asking me to actually simply power wash his house because the economy still wasn't doing well. And he just was looking for some maintenance and, uh, you know, he was willing to pay, I think it was like 300 bucks to oh, wow. have me do that. Dang. So I, was I, like, thought, I thought you were going to say, yo, I thought you were going to say, uh, you got a call and, uh, they were like, Hey, I, I'm suing you. You can't do this. Or like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, right. But hey, man, Glad a three-dollar call. call after a thousand rejections—that's that's 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 something, man. That's a win. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's interesting you say it because I haven't even thought of that yet. I guess putting a thousand out there was a thousand rejections. That's a good reframe you just gave me there. But um, yeah, so I got a call from this guy, and he's like, "Yeah, can you power off the house?" Blah blah. So I went out there and did it. It ended up taking me like two or three hours, and essentially, he was making like a hundred bucks an hour. Right. Yeah. And I was like, damn, this is awesome. So, so depending on how quick and on, the quality. Yep. Summer. Exactly. And I mean, if 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 you know me, I don't do anything half assed. So you know <laughs> we did a great job. But anyways, um, you know, that went on for the summer. We picked up some painting work, uh inside outside some more power washing jobs some you know deck restoration jobs and uh, we did all right and after that summer it just stopped and basically the business failed because <laughs> there was no more flow of work and what i didn't yeah. think about was the fact that it was a, it was a seasonal business so Early on, that was probably, that was, I guess you would say my first failure in business. So I ended up um, going back to that guy who I worked for uh, when I was a kid and continued to work for him. And I noticed, you know, a lot of the complaints that he was getting from his customers were around customer service. And they just, you know, the work was fantastic, but the communication was horrible. Mm. You know, the... Um, the most the important cleanliness part. Of the, <laughs> yeah, the most important part, the cleanliness of the work site, you know, with the, his standard not catered to their individual standards. Um, you know, and I said to myself, I think there's another opportunity here. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So that, that, you know, going back to uh, happy customers, that was another point where a realization came and I said, all right, so, you know, what if we took the same quality of work and also, you know, added another layer on top of it, of clear and concise communication with homeowners, right? Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what I did. So I think it was probably about two years later, I actually opened up a new 
business, right, which was also a painting business, but now focused on uh, homeowners and not historical restorations. Um, the re one thing that I realized was that it's, it was going to be difficult to teach people the skill that I had over yeah. a short period of time, right? Yeah, it, it was going to be hard to scale. Yeah, especially like with that, you definitely need, and you need people who are going to be like willing to go at it in the long haul because it's it's hard work. It is hard work, exactly, exactly. So from that, essentially, we went to uh, basically dumbing down the business and providing a simpler service, but offering a much higher um, customer service level, right? Okay. Another huge complaint that I was hearing was, you know, oh, yeah. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll call this person and we'll call this person. We'll never hear back from them. We made it a point to pick up every phone call right away so that as soon as you called, you know, you were on the other end of the line with somebody else. You were speaking to somebody. Um, and just that was generating more leads. And just that was getting us in front of people to provide them with quotes and estimates, you know, to continue on with the sales process. Oh, wow. Really? So, all these little like optimizations, all these little improvements all along the way in the, in the customer's journey, right. Ended up growing that business out. Wow. It was so simple, but so much of the competition wasn't focusing on that. They were, they weren't thinking, they weren't thinking empathetically. They weren't paying attention to customers needs yeah. and complaints and pain points. They were simply looking at it. Well, well, I'm the best guy around. My work is fantastic. You should hire me. It was like a results, getting like a, them. It was like a results-driven pissing contest. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It was like insane. So, so, so but that's the thing interesting, is, though. That's interesting, though. So the so the the level of customer service uh, over the actual amount of what you guys provided in the services that that totally just completely flip flopped everything like that little level of optimization. I really think that that trickles down to human beings also. hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, it's empathy, right? Like you're, you're putting yourself in the other person's shoes, trying to understand what is the actual problem that they're trying to solve. Right. Like, exactly. sure. You can, you know, you, you can present them with, you know, it's like, what is it? Uh, the man, man with a hammer uh, syndrome, right? Where like, every the man with the hammer sees every problem as a nail right yeah, i love it i love that too, yeah. right right it's not necessarily the case like again going back to the strategy like it's not actually seeing reality for what it is like you're projecting your own beliefs on top of stuff you're not being empathetic you're not listening you're not optimizing based on customer needs yeah and i think people get confused with that like i think people like because they always hear all the time, like, you know, uh, and I say it too, you know, put things out in your perspective, put things out in your perspective. And I think it gets kind of like thrown in the wayside to actually be empathetic towards the, the customer, towards the person you're trying to like reach the demographic, but also do it in a way that is personalized to you. Like have that level of, of, of ability to resonate with your audience, but still be personal to you as well without having that, 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 yeah. that thing where it's like, okay, I'm just spewing out my beliefs onto you and this is what you've got to do. This is the, the cookie cutter way 
And if you don't do this, then you're not going to see the results that you need to or, or something like that. And I think a lot of people do get caught up in that little, that little syndrome and their, their way is the only way, you know what I mean? Um, and I, mm-hmm. and I really yeah. like what you yeah. said about like, about what you said, uh, a customer's journey, because I think that that's very important uh, to include that. Like, I think that customers should be able to be, to feel like they're being taken on a journey with the business that they're going through. It shouldn't just be like, Oh, I'm just going to get this service from this business uh, because it's not, that's not creating longevity between or, or like trust and relationship between you and the customer that you're trying to build, uh, try to build that rapport with. So I love exactly. that you said customer's journey, it's, man. It's uh, it's, it's, there's definitely a shift happening where, where more leaders are moving away from a, um, a transactional, uh, you know, a transaction based on one transaction essentially to a lifetime value of a customer, right? People are to the fact that, you know, these customers are going to be with us over time because they're loyal to our brand, not necessarily, um, you know, the price point or anything like that. And that all comes from the culture and the connection that you make with these people, right? Yes. Culture and connection. I love that. That's so true. And I think that, I think that, you know, a lot of these companies too, are like just fighting for significance in such a like saturated market because with social media now, everybody's their own business at this point or everybody tries to be. So it's like to grab that attention and, and to have it lifelong and to create the value that equals the lifelong, um, you know, kind of relationship. I think that's like what Gary Vee does really well. You know what I mean? He creates that, Oh, you want to be a part of his kind of atmosphere and you know, it's not temporary. Um, yeah, and, I, and I think he's building a culture. Exactly. Exactly. And it's the way, even like, uh, if you go into different genres like hip hop or something, you know, it's the reason why Travis Scott is able to create such a huge fan base that he is as well, just because of the culture that he's created over the last, what, decade and a half. Um, and it takes time. And I think that people want to see kind of like results right away. So they, they try yeah. to, you know, be everything right away. And it takes a totally. lot of time. And I think people are in such a freaking rush, man. Um, like I, I've probably been at this probably for a year and I'm not, I'm not expecting to see these crazy amounts of shifts and results. I'm just trying to build relationships and build value with people one by so one. Way, later on. It, it, it helps, you know what I mean? Everyone. That's right. It's, it, and it's one by one. It's one by one. And, and, and that level of patience is hard nowadays. Um, I noticed for people just because of the amount of um, attention that we our attention span, man. Like it's like we focus on the next profile and that just trickles down to focusing on the next human being. It's like, Oh, I just want to talk to another person because it might give me this or it might give me that. hundred percent. And, and it's not- I, I also noticed that, um, you know, these days it seems like to, 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 to tie into what you're saying, you know, it seems like work ethic isn't a thing anymore. Like at least I, that's what I think. Like I, I see people who, who do have work ethic and who are experiencing success or who are definitely on their way to success. And then, you know, I see a lot of people who, like you said, have this entitlement mentality who think that just because you put out, you know, a couple pieces of content on Instagram or LinkedIn or whatever you're putting it out on that, you know, all of a sudden now you're just going to have a successful business. Like, no, like it's going to be a lot of work time, effort, bunch of failures, you know, sand kicks in your face. Like you're going to learn all kinds of things about yourself that you never knew before, you know, 
you got to have the patience to go through all that and just trust that, you know, the work that you're doing is going to get you there. Exactly. It's like a blind faith that you have to have. And, um, and, and you have to not even focus so much on the outcome of what you want to happen. You've literally got to focus on loving the process of what you're doing. Um, and I think that people forget that, like they, they forget because they want results. I mean, who doesn't want results? Who doesn't want money? Like, right. Like who doesn't want all the, the accolades? That's, that's fine. Whatever. I want all that too, man. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, like, I feel like that level of desire has to match your level of passion for your process. It's like, if it doesn't, it's like, if it doesn't, then you're not going to receive all of those byproduct things. And it comes with like a, a price tag of time. You know what I mean? It's like, well, how much time sure. are you willing to devote to that dedicated passion? And then just, even if it doesn't amount to anything, that's why they always say like, you know, if you, if you find what you love, it's like, you don't work a day in your life. It's like, well, because you're not right. working, you're just doing what you love to do. And that's why I think. And how, and how, how do you, how do you compound that time? You take action. And you keep taking action. Massive action. And that's why you have to love what you do. (laughs) Exactly. Because if you don't, you're not going to want to go, you know, above and beyond with something that you hate or you're not interested in. Like, it doesn't even make sense. (laughs) Listen, I learned that the hard way. Um, You know, talking about all this historical restoration work, I did that out of necessity. You know, I did that because I didn't take the time to find my passion, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and that's where this like super high level discipline, you know, a lot of it comes out of that, you know what I mean? Like just having to do, I didn't love that by, by no means that I love that, but you know, I'm, I'm still thankful that, you know, I learned that lesson the hard way because moving forward, I know that you have to be doing things, you know, with passion. I mean, you can hear it all you want, you know what I mean? until you have firsthand experience, like being in the trenches, you know, it almost doesn't hit you hard enough. Or at least if, if you're a thick headed guy like myself, like it doesn't hit you hard enough until you know, you're in the <laughs> trenches, you know, living in the suck. But, you know, um, sometimes you gotta, you gotta go through these experiences, you know? Yeah, no. And I completely agree with that. And I always say, you know, experience always trumps just education. Um, because like when you have firsthand experiential knowledge, of something, whether it was the right thing or the wrong thing, you, you have that under your belt. And you know what I mean? Like you, you lived it. You can be in the books all day. You could have your head in the books. You could have straight A's. You can have straight A's in the book of whatever. But if you don't have the experience in the school of hard knocks, you know what I mean? Like you're not going exactly. to really understand fully. Um, the streets, man. And honestly, it's funny you say that because honestly, like the best information comes from the streets, the school of hard knocks, you're going to, the internet moves fast, but I mean, I always find the best information from conversations with people networking, you know, like what we're doing right now, like finding out what's going on, like over here and over there, you know, like you're going to get firsthand information before it gets onto the internet. And and like I said, the best, most quality information comes from the streets where you can really, you know, absorb the other person's energy and everything, you know? Exactly. No, I, I completely agree. And that's another reason why I started the, the podcast and did all that because I didn't want to, you know, just be looking people up on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook and just like having it stop there. And I only get what, what they give me, you know, from each platform. It's like, no, I actually like, I'm right. interested in, I'm, I'm interested in people. I'm interested in, in people. I want doing, to talk to you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I want to get to know you. I want to get to know what you're doing. I'm, I'm curious as to like how you're navigating in this 
in this new world of, of technology and stuff because everybody's doing something it seems like so it's like why not why not capture the new wave of of inspiration and motivation and you know it's like yeah the tony robbins the jay shetty's the gary bees they're only going to be around for so long you know and it's like there's going to be a whole new wave of people and i just want to be able to get those 100%, firsthand, 100%, you know? get that get that experience exactly. and be like hey I knew I knew Alex when he when he when he had a a business that that ended up you know failing and then he came back and 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 he you know started a new opportunity from that and then now look at him and he's doing all this stuff you know what I mean it's just and it's cool right. to follow right. like you and other people and really kind of like build these relationships because who knows what could happen later on um, and uh, and and one and of the that's things the, that's the beauty of the of the internet, right? Like it it mm-hmm. kind of created a meritocracy where you know you will be rewarded for you know the work that you put into it, you know. So like the cream will rise to the top, you know. That's a hundred percent. Yeah, that's actually a hundred percent because and and it's not easy either. I think that people think that it's just a, a matter no, of no. I got I got to post. I never this. said it was easy. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yep. It, you know, merit, merit work merit yes it's gonna take it's gonna take some work um one of the things that kind of resonated with me that you had said and you had mentioned earlier is like the fact that uh, you did a historical restoration out of um, necessity and it wasn't like something that you had like you know intended upon doing and it reminded me kind of of uh i don't know if you ever you probably have heard this story before where you know steve jobs took the like calligraphy class like way back when um, and then right. that's how, and then later, years later when he was developing Apple, that's how he figured out how to develop like the right font and, 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 and all that stuff. Cause he actually like learned about it, like maybe a decade before. Um, and that kind of reminded me of that because it's like, you know, just because you don't do something that you think is going to give you any value, there's, there's like principles of the thing that you're learning or going through in that experience that you're going to carry over. And it might be, you know, a principle of, oh, hey, I shouldn't do this again, or it's going to be a principle 100%. of, hey, I need to make sure that I need to do this again, or I need to make sure that I need to remember this next time. And, um, 100%. And, and, and I think that that's like something that people are afraid to even like undergo. Like they're so afraid of failure and they're so afraid that they might succeed that they don't even try to learn. You know what I mean? They don't even try to take that first step to developing any any skill that they feel is necessary is there is there something that you do that helped you or that you did do that helped you kind of like really figure out who you were and kind of find your your real passion which is like you know helping people and and like driving the leadership accountability and all that stuff for sure for sure um so it was, yeah, it was through building out that first business and then later, actually the first business that failed where I was sticking the, uh, the flyers in the mailboxes and then the second business, what I found through building those two businesses was that where I ended up spending a majority of my time was in the marketing part of the business and the business administration side of the business. Eventually, I was able to hire people on to take every single job that I had made for myself because, you know, most people don't realize this, but if you start a business, you're ultimately making a job for yourself, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's years down the line that you have an asset. So every time, you know, I started uh, hiring somebody on to take on a new responsibility, 
you know, I always found myself going back to the marketing and the business administration. And, and, and I never actually hired somebody to do the marketing for my business. I did hire somebody to do the business administration who he was much better at it at me. And like, sometimes I would even wonder if he was working cause he was so good at it, but <laughs> You know, he was driving results and I was like, all right, dude, whatever, go home now. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> do whatever you want, I guess. <laughs> do whatever you want, man, as long as you're doing your job. But, um, but yeah, that kind of drove me to that. And then, you know, the leadership part of it, um, I, I'm, I'm still on the fence on whether leaders are born or they're made. You know, I, I'm not really sure. Um, I'm sure some of them are born. I'm sure most of them are made. Um, I was made. Um, you know, through, <laughs> through learning from other leaders, um, you know, I always gravitated towards leadership in any kind of, uh, role that I took on, if it was for myself or for other people, you know, I always found my ability to take, uh, the group and bring their ideas together and then march forward, uh, as a group to be something that I liked to do. I had a passion for, you know, like they say leaders are called. So, you know, I always felt this like strong pull to, to you know, to bring the group together and, and solve problems collectively. Um, and then just through, you know, experience learning and, um, you know, learn, like I said, learning from other leaders. I remember once I had a, a boss that told me, Alex, uh, you work too hard. You need to take a break. And I was like, what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? He's like, dude, is, you're going to burn out. What is that? <laughs> exactly and you know i i honestly didn't take him seriously and within two months i burned out and you know he was gracious enough to be like yeah man take take the time you need to uh to get what you need and come back to work you know what i mean yeah that was a learning experience right there i later had employees who also had that crazy work ethic that crazy like i'm just i'm a workaholic right and i would tell them hey guys and you're gonna burn out and they had the same reaction I had. And then when they would, I would give them the time that they needed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I had learned that from someone else. So a lot of the lessons that, you know, or a lot of the uh, techniques or tools that I use to lead, I, I've, I've learned from someone else. Um, and, and that's, you know, I guess, yeah, that's, that's kind of my passion, you know? And uh, like I said, you know, to go back to, to the marketing, you know, now I've, dived into marketing and marketing for other people and you know a lot of the lesson or a lot of the things that I do for my clients now I learned firsthand you know with marketing my own businesses in the past you know getting distribution hacking attention how to get people to call you taking them through the customer journey doing all those things you know like I, I learned that firsthand I, I've made a lot of mistakes that fortunately you know I had done in the past that now I can bring value in the future. So, yeah, no, that's awesome, man. And and, it doesn't and, feel like work. Yes, exactly. And that's the, that's the goal. Like that's the goal. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I love that. Like you said that you made a lot of mistakes because you know, the mistakes are what drive the results. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to have, you're not going to have progressively good results if you're not progressively making mistakes. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, if, and I still make mistakes. Exactly. Exactly. And you're not afraid to make them. That's the difference, I think, between the, the really, like the, the really good know, leaders. The, uh, Go ahead. I was gonna say probably we're probably gonna say the same thing, but you know, like the path, the path to success is is through failure. 
literally. It's it's on it's it's almost yeah. like how much of the failing can you both do and learn from? Because the sooner you learn from the amount of failures you have, there's, there should be like a, a quotient or like some kind of like equation that says your amount of failures plus your learning squared or some equals yeah, success. Yeah, 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 or so yeah. like there's, there's gotta be some kind of like, you know, success yeah, quote yeah. or equation thing. Um, but you know, cause all right. It's so all a reframe, right? Like it not, yes. is, is it actually failure or is it just an opportunity to learn how not to do it next time? Exactly. Exactly. And that you know, like, where does this failure component come in? Is it, is it judgment? What is it? You know what I mean? Like, is yes. it, are you afraid to be told that you're not good enough? What is it? You know what I mean? Like, like what really is failure? Like it's all on the inside. It's know? mostly just irrational like, fear. Like failure is just, just all the just word. irrational fear. It's just a word. It doesn't exist. It's an abstract concept. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, cause it's like failure to who, to what, who, who, who even invented this word? <laughs> That's this, what I mean. What, like this what is are we success. even describing here? <laughs> and I love, and I love doing that too. I love, I love because, you know, it's funny how we, we utilize these words in our minds and that's just the end all be all. So we decide to like tell all these stories to ourselves based on these like pre-constructed words that we just manifest our own beliefs within. So it's like, if you just retell your story, tell yourself different words, or you, you refine, like you reimagine what these words mean to you, you create your own little beliefs around everything and you can, you can create your own system and, and, and reframe your, your own way of your strategy mindset. You know what I mean? Like, and, and one, and one thing that like, one like common theme that I noticed with you and, and it's why I think that you're such a great leader and why I think you're able to do what you do and why you're, you're, you're going to continue to kind of thrive in what you do. And I think uh, great leaders have this ability to transfer energy. And um, I, I really think that like your ability to see all of the negativity and transfer it into something more productive, more positive. It's like something that you've kind of like had this knack for your whole life. You know what I mean? And when you can even see something like mistakes or other employees burning out or something like that, you can sense that and you can transfer it in and be like, you know what, if you need to take the time off, you need to do that. If you need to do this, you need, and you can, you can empathize and you have that awareness level. And I think that that's like one thing that you won't lose that is going to always continue to be there to, to continue to um keep you be, being even more of a great leader especially in the future no, i appreciate it yeah I man no telling you that yeah dude no and i can see it i can see it i can see i can hear it i can hear it by the like the the um the validation like within your within your words um like the like the conviction with what you say uh you can you can just tell you can tell that you believe in who you are and you know exactly who you are you know what you what you found is true to you and that it's something that you really love to do and it's something that you're passionate about you know what i mean and i can see it in your posts i can see it you know on all of your your socials and stuff and um i'm pretty sure likewise brother no i, I appreciate that man. Life, man i appreciate that and and again like that's why i like building that's why i like doing these and, and building these relationships because you never know what could come in the future you know you could say something that might spark me i could say something that might spark you we might talk in the future i say that all the time exactly man exactly you're, just, you're planting seeds and you you know you got to nurture and then one day you'll harvest you know exactly man and i completely agree with that and i love i love your message and you know we we've reached the hour 
but uh, one thing that I always like to ask everybody is, you know, what I really want to know <clears throat> what your version of success is. And if there's anything that you want people to um, go to, if there's any links that you want people to see specifically, if there's anything that you're offering, um, and then just any advice, any last minute advice. Sure. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, my version of success is uh, true freedom and um, having that sense of freedom, which is also known as presence. So, you know, an external validator, which would be, you know, money or a private jet or any of those things is not necessarily success, you know, and in order to be successful, you have to claim success. Um, I think anybody can be successful at any given moment, no matter where they are in life, um, because it's a feeling. It's And, you know, my understanding is it's a feeling of freedom, um, not having control, being able to do what you want to do, you know, having passion. So that's, that's you know, and, and I consider myself su successful because of that, because I, I do feel um, that sense of freedom to go after what I would love to create. So that's the message I want to share. Um, another, you know, we, a friend of mine, we just started our own podcast, uh, which we haven't launched yet, but it'll be coming out soon. Uh, anybody who's interested in more, you know, mindset, self-actualization or spirituality stuff could check us out at until the next bench, uh, where we, collaborate with others and bring people onto benches in New York city and have deep discussions about self-actualization and hopefully through those discussions, uh, it can light a fire and, uh, in an individual and, and get them on their journey to self-actualization. Um, also, you know, just want to follow me. I'm at, I'm at, I am Alex Ike on Instagram. Um, that's where I put out a lot of my content and, uh, want to learn more about me that's where i'm at awesome man that's awesome and i look forward to um let me know when that podcast launches as well because i look forward to hearing that and and kind of seeing um you know the people you have on and and listening to that and then i can also share that with my listeners as well and my and my followers also um just so we can help spread the message and spread the word because i'm all about that as well man and you know i, I really appreciate your time and 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 i thank you for coming on and I just want to say you're, you're definitely well on your way and uh, there's a lot of great things that are going to be coming to you, man, but just keep, keep going and uh, keep, keep spreading the message that you're spreading because you're definitely helping a lot of people. Uh, it's definitely something that I am all for because, you know, I'm kind of the same way. I'm all about self-actualization, self-awareness, um, really knowing who you are and use, using that as your, you know, your um, superpower you know what I mean? To put things in your perspective and mm -hmm. out there. And so I really thank you, man, for coming on. And I really appreciate you telling us your story and telling everybody everything about you and stuff like that. So we'll get back on yeah, it. Thank we'll, you for you know, having me on. And I, yeah. I appreciate all the work that you're doing too, man. I mean, we're, we're on the same, we're on the same path here. Like we're just kind of expanding the knowledge base and, you know, turning people on, you know, like unplugging them from the matrix as uh, Tom yeah. Billy says. So, <laughs> yes, exactly. Know. Hell yeah, man. So we'll, um, I'll, I'll continue to stay in touch and we'll, uh, we'll keep going back and forth. And if there's ever anything, any promotions or anything like that, do not hesitate to let me know. So that way I can let everybody in, uh, in my network and in, in, in my realm know as well. So 
Good vibes, likewise, man. Likewise, brother. Likewise. Good vibes, man. And um, we'll talk soon. We'll have to get back on it here, uh, here in the next few weeks or something. All right, man. Thanks for your time. Thank you so much. Right. Later, brother. Later.